And, hey, now you can hear me. Praise the Lord. Psalm chapter 142. Psalm 142 and verse number 4. As we look at the scripture here this morning. Psalm 142 and verse number 4. The Bible says, I looked on my right hand and beheld, but there was no man that would know me. Refuge failed me. No man cared for my soul. Let us pray together. Father in heaven, Lord, in Jesus' name, as we come to you this morning, Lord, ready to break the bread of life. Lord, I need your help this morning. I can't do anything without you. And Father, I pray that you'd undergird me with spirit and power to where I may preach your word. And God, I pray that we'd understand the significance of the scripture this morning. God, I pray that, uh, Lord, it would minister to people. God, I pray that you would touch hearts and God move hearts. And Lord, if they be one here lost and undone, that know you're from the free pardon of sin, God. Uh, may they know that someone cares for their soul today. Lord, if there's someone here been saved just out of your will, backslidden on you, God. Lord, I pray that you would give them another opportunity to become, uh, Lord, to get back into the fold. Uh, Lord, to where they need to be with thee. And Lord, I pray that you'll walk with us in heavenly places this morning. Lord, we would love to, uh, to give you liberty to do just that as you give us liberty to speak your word. And Lord, we'll thank you and praise you for all that you do for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. You may be seated uh, this morning. Thank you so much for being here. And pray for those that are away and traveling this morning and so forth. And we would greatly appreciate it. But uh, here in Psalm chapter 142, uh, this is a psalm written by David. As David was chased into a cave of Adullam. And while David was hiding from King Saul, he began to cry out to, unto the God of heaven. Here in verse number 1, if you'll look at your scripture in your Bible, uh, David says, I cried unto the Lord. He is crying out unto the God of heaven for a prayer of protection. He says, I cried unto the Lord with my voice, and with my voice unto the Lord did I make my supplication. He says, I poured out my complaint before him. I showed before him my trouble. There's many a times when we're not always on top of the mountain. There are times when we're going through the valleys and when we're in the valleys of this world and when trouble seems to find you as often as it does I believe there is one that we can call upon in our time of trouble to give us help today and that is the good God of heaven amen don't forget who is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother do not forget that savior that died for you do not forget the God of heaven that is on your side and wants to help you and is waiting to hear from you in your time of need. I see the problems for this protection. He says there in verse number 3. When my spirit was overwhelmed within me. Then thou knewest my path. In the way wherein I walked. Have they privately laid a snare for me. In other words the enemy comes along. And privately lays snares for you and I. Of course if we've seen what the enemy could do. And what the enemy was planning to do. We 
would be able to prepare for it. And we'd be able to prepare for that snare, that trap that the devil uh, leaves for you. Uh, but my friend, uh, we may not see the snare of the devil before it's done caught up with us. Uh, but I can tell you this, we serve a God in heaven today uh, that knows everything, uh, that can do anything, uh, and that can answer your prayer. Uh, he knows uh, that the enemy is after him. He knows uh, that there had been some snares laid for him. Uh, so he is crying out to the only one that can help him. Uh, what is happening here in verse number 4 is this. Uh, he says his friends uh, have forsaken him. He says, I look to my right hand and beheld there's no man that would know me. Refuge failed me and no man cared uh, for my soul. Uh, may I say today, uh, as long as you're on top, uh, as long as you've got some popularity, as long as you've got money in your pocket, uh, uh, people will want to be your friends. Uh, uh, but when you're down to nothing uh, and you may be running from the enemy and you're broke as a convict uh, and you don't have nowhere to lay your head, uh, all of a sudden you look around uh, and there's no friends to be found. May I say, those are so-called friends uh, and they're not really your friend at all. Amen. Amen. Listen, for a man to have friends, the Bible says he must show himself friendly. But it's amazing to me the little of true friends that you actually have in this life. Because when times get tough, individuals usually run the other way and let you fight that battle on your own. And that's exactly how David is feeling here in chapter 142. He cries out in verse number 5. He says, I cried unto thee, O Lord. I said, Thou art my refuge and my portion in the land of the living. I'm glad that we have a refuge in the Lord Jesus Christ. But there in verse number 7, we see the praise for the protection. He says, Bring my soul out of prison that I may praise thy name. I don't know about you, but I was in Satan's prison one day. Some of you was locked in Satan's prison uh, and you may have had friends all over the place. Uh, you might have had a building full of friends uh, uh, but y'all were all locked in the prison together. Uh, but when you got down to nothing, uh, you got down into a dire need, uh, you turned around and their friends had forsaken you. Uh, and it's like nobody cared if you ate. Uh, nobody cared if you lived. Uh, my friend, I can tell you a story by a great preacher by the name of A.J. Morgan. Back in the times of D.L. Moody uh, He was out in front of a church uh, And he was walking down in front of the church And a little boy came his way uh, He had a rusty old cage uh, And had two birds inside that cage uh, And as he began to look at that little boy with those birds uh, uh, Preacher Morgan went up to him and said Son, what you gonna do uh, with them two birds? Uh, he said, well preacher, I can't lie to you uh, I'll tell you the truth This is what I'm gonna do for these birds I've done held them captive for some times uh, These birds are not no good for anything. They've done lost their song. They don't have a song coming out of their beak. And I'm going to just play with them for a little while. I'm going to torture them. And then I'm going to kill those birds. He said, son, we don't want you to kill those birds. I don't want you to do that. That'd be cruel. Don't do that. Them birds and birds hadn't done anything to you. He said, preacher, they're just too common everyday field sparrows. They don't even have a song left. They don't have anything to offer anybody. I'm just going to play 
for them a little while. I'm going to torture them and then I'm going to kill them. And then all of a sudden the preacher said, Son, I'll give you $2 for them little birds if you'd just give them to me. And he looked at him and he said, Sir, if you'll give me that $2, I'll give you the cage and the birds. Uh, so he gave the little boy $2. Uh, he took the cage over by the door of the church. Uh, he opened that, uh, that bird cage up. Uh, those birds fly, flew away. All of a sudden they had a new song in their heart. Uh, and the preacher could have swore it sounded like this. Redeemed, redeemed, redeemed. As they were flying away from captivity. Uh, you're looking at a man right here in front of you this morning. Uh, here at Turning Point Church. Uh, that one time walked with the devil. Uh, but I'm here to tell you. God looked down at the devil and said, Hey devil, uh, who you got there? Uh, he said, That's Todd Black. Uh, he ain't good for nothing. Uh, he's locked in my prison. Uh, and he don't have no song. Uh, so I'm just going to take him. Uh, I'm going to toy with him. Uh, I'm going to play with him. Uh, and then I'm going to kill him. Uh, and then I'm going to drag him off to hell. Uh, and then I could see the Lord looking down and say, Devil, don't do that. Uh, I'll buy him back from you. I'll pay for him. Uh, I'll pay for him with my precious blood uh, of my darling son. Uh, and thanks be unto God. Uh, that's what Jesus done for me. Uh, and he'll do it for you. Uh, and it was almost like the cage was open when I got saved. Uh, I flew away. Had a new song on my lips. Uh, a new walk in my step. Uh, I wanted to had new friends. Uh, I was hanging around new people that loved me and cared about me and that were true friends. That's what God can do. Amen. Many people come to a place in their life when they feel that nobody cares for them. That's why the rate of suicide, I believe, continues to rise in America. The tragedy is that many are turning to people who act like they care about them, but they don't care about them at all, and they're lower than snakes in the grass. Notice some of the things and some of those that don't care for your soul today. That drinking crowd don't care for your soul. That drug culture does not care for your soul. Dancing charms do not care for your soul. The divorce courts do not care for your soul. The demonic cults of this world do not care for your soul. Amen. The dress creators do not care for your soul. The degenerated Congress of the United States of America does not care for your soul. Amen. I'm here to tell you there are some that do care for your soul today. Yeah. In the scripture there again, let me reiterate it to you. That David says, I looked on my right hand and beheld, but there was no man that would know me. Refuge failed me. No man cared for my soul. May I say today is point number one. The sovereign God of heaven cares for your soul. It's proven by the plan that he presented. The substitutional death for his only begotten son. May I say that my son sitting back there today, I love him. I love him greatly and I love you people today but I can't give my son for you and you can probably look at me and tell me the same thing you couldn't give your son for me you couldn't give your grandson for me but my friend the good God of heaven has seen fit to give his only begotten son to where you and I can have a savior to where we can make our home in heaven one day may I say today the sovereign God of heaven cares for you proven by the plan he presented and the substitution 
unconditional death of his son and the price that he paid for you and I the shed blood that he paid for you and I on Calvary the truth is is he shed every drop of blood in his body to where he could wash your sins away he's the only one today my friend that can save you Buddha can't save you Confucius can't save you Allah can't save you a golden cow or an image of a cow or a real cow cannot save you but I do know one that can he is the God of heaven that sent the Lord Jesus Christ and paid the price with his own blood and that pardon produces our security this morning in the Lord Jesus Christ God sent his son to die for you to die 33 and a half to live 33 and a half years without committing not one sin in his life he was the perfect God of heaven incarnate if you will and my friend if he had sin in his life which he did not if he had had any sin in his life what in the world would he be able to do for us for we have all sinned and come short of the glory of God but with him being perfect and a perfect man and being a perfect God he has a pardon that produces salvation for you and I and I thank God that the sovereign cares for you and I amen but number two the Savior cares it's proved by what he's done for us by him uh, uh, robing in flesh and descending from the throne uh, up in heaven. By him dying on that tree at Calvary. Can you imagine when Jesus was walking through uh, and the woman with the issue of blood touched his garment as he was on his way uh, uh, to Jairus' house uh, uh, to raise up his daughter uh, that had died. Uh, the Bible says that people thronged him. Uh, they were all around him. Uh, possibly hundreds or thousands of people. Uh, uh, Jesus was a popular man. He was popular because he was touching people's lives. He was popular because he was reaching and touching those that needed help and healing. He was touching all of those, my friend. And that's why they wanted to be around him. If they could just touch the hem of his garment. If we could just get him to speak it into existence. If we could just get him to do what is needed. And they knew that God could get it done through the Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, Jesus was popular. But there in the last few days, after they was calling him king of kings, king of the Jews, after they were saying Hosanna to the highest, all of a sudden and a few days later, they're saying crucify him. They're saying kill him. Take him to the cross to where he'd die for you and I. And that's just how some friends will do you today. They're not going to care for you. They're going to get what they can out of you. And when they get it out of you, they're going to turn on you, wad you up like yesterday's newspaper and throw you in the trash somewhere uh, may I say the Lord God of heaven and his darling son Jesus Christ uh, sees the worth in you uh, they love you uh, they're not mad at you uh, he's not angry with you uh, but he is a God of sovereignty and God the son and the savior cares because uh, he died on the tree for you he descended from the throne for you and praise be unto God he'll defeat the tempter for you uh, the devil is like a roaring lion roaming to and fro seeking whom he may devour but may I say to you this morning child of God we've got protection in the blood the devil may come along every once in a while and try to destroy you but I'm glad I've got protection in the Lord Jesus Christ and I know the fate of the devil himself I've read the end of the book and there is a place that was made for him and his angels a place called hell and my friend 
when time is done as we know it today, uh, the devil's going to be cast into the lake of fire, uh, that place of hell itself. Uh, the problem is today, uh, we ought to try to get everybody to go with us to heaven that will go. Uh, we don't want any of them dying and going to a place called hell, uh, but I want them to be saved. Uh, I want them to be in a process of sanctification. Uh, don't let that word scare you. That's a Bible word. Amen. Uh, amen. Growing closer and closer to God as you are on your journey. Uh, may I say when we get to heaven, we'll be perfect just like Him. Uh, we'll be perfect. Perfect body, a perfect mind, perfect hands. Uh, we'll listen. We ain't going to need no glasses there, contact lenses. Uh, we won't have no limps over in heaven. Uh, no wheelchairs will be in heaven. Amen. Thanks be unto God. I know that the Savior cares for my soul. But also the Spirit cares. Amen. The Holy Ghost of God cares. Amen. How do you know, preacher? Because I know for Him to save you, He has to call you. Yeah. The Bible teaches you and I, unless the Spirit of God comes to you and draws you, and you come with a broken and contrite heart and spirit, then you can move and say yes to Jesus. There has to be some conviction there that comes from the Lord Jesus Himself. That speaks to your heart. He begins to call. That Spirit does. That Spirit begins to convict. And my friend. Once you receive Jesus. Into your heart and your life. You've got the Spirit of God. Residing inside of you. For the Bible says. That the body is a temple. Of the Holy Ghost. He's living inside of you. Now listen. Let's not be too naive today. To think everybody's perfect. Because we're not. And when we start going down wrong paths. We have evil thoughts come through our mind. Or maybe we're going to do this. That or the other. It could have been a sin of omission or a sin of commission. What's whatever it is. It's the Holy Spirit of God that resides in you after you've been saved. That convicts you. That will bring you back to an altar of prayer. And say, God, I'm sorry. I've sinned against thee. Folks, I'm here to tell you. I'm not perfect and you're not perfect either. We've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. Some sins got greater consequences than others. But I am glad that I've got a mediator sitting at the right hand of the Father uh, on the throne of heaven today uh, that will take care of me. Uh, the Holy Spirit cares for you and I. Amen. But not only does the Spirit care, but the saints care. Amen. How can you say that the saints care? Because the saints are praying for you. Yep. See, when you're lost and undone without Jesus Christ, we can put your name up there on that cross. and We pray for you. Why do you do that preacher? Hey it reminds us to pray. It reminds us to pray for those that are lost and undone. You as the saint of God. You're praying for others. But not only are you praying for them. You're preaching to them. How many of you ever talk, been talking to somebody about Jesus and they look at you and say, don't be coming in here preaching to me. You know why they do that? They know they're bound. They know the truth, but they know they're bound. They don't want to be reminded that someone does care for them. I don't understand that. Why are people so mean to the ones that love them the most? You ever notice that? Especially later on in the lives of an individual that may get sick or 
or bedridden. Uh, they're the meanest to those individuals that they love the most. And the only reason, saint of God, that you're preaching to them, you're telling them about Jesus, is you're trying to keep them out of a place called hell. Uh, and my friend, we ought to do all that we can do uh, uh, to keep them out of that place today. Uh, because I'm here to tell you, the Bible tells you and I that it is a place where the worm dieth not. Uh, the Bible tells you and I it is a place where the fire is never quenched. Uh, the Bible tells you and I that we have salvation from that place of torment that will last forever and ever. Uh, and my friend, I'm glad to know that the Spirit continues to care uh, and continues to call. Uh, it doesn't take anyone with a big degree. Uh, it doesn't take anyone with a, 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 a high social standing or a low social standing as far as that goes uh, to understand there's two ways in life that you can go. Uh, you can go down the right way, uh, which is to the Lord Jesus Christ that leads to a place called heaven. Uh, you can go down the wrong way uh, that leads to destruction uh, and leads to a place called hell. Uh, and if the Spirit of God has anything to do with it, uh, it will continue to convict you uh, and it will continue to draw you. Uh, but don't you cross God's deadline this morning uh, because there will be a time, the Bible says this, that the Spirit of God will not always strive with man. The saints care. The Spirit cares. The Savior cares. But let me say this. Number five, the sinners in hell care. You think about Luke chapter 16. The story of Lazarus and the rich man. It's not a parable. It is a true story. Jesus, uh, often when he spoke in parables, he never gave common names, never did give common names. But in this story, he gave the names. Let me flip over here, if you would, too, to Luke chapter number 16. I believe it would be worthy of us looking here and reading this story. Luke chapter 16 and verse number 19. Luke chapter 16 and verse number 19. I want you to read this. I want you to, uh, as I read it aloud, you follow me in the word of God. I want you to uh, really allow it to sink into your heart because this is a true story. There was a certain rich man. Verse number 19 of Luke chapter 16. There was a rich, certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus, which was laid at his gate full of sores and desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. And it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. And the rich man also died and was buried. And in hell he lifted up his eyes, being in torments, and seeing Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me. And send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame." 
But Abraham said, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receivest thy good things, and likewise Lazarus evil things. But now he is comforted, and thou art tormented. And beside all this, between us and you, there's a great gulf fixed, so that they which would pass from hence to you cannot, neither can they pass to us that would come from thence. Then he said, I pray thee, therefore, Father, that thou wouldest send him to my father's house. For I have five brethren, that he may testify unto them, lest they also come unto this place of torment. And Abraham Abraham said unto him, They have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. And he said, Nay, Father Abraham, but if one went unto them from the dead, they will repent. And he said unto him, If they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded that one rose, though one rose from the dead. Sinners in hell care. You see that remembrance that he had this rich man had in verse 27 he says I pray thee therefore father that thou wouldst send him to my father's house he knows the torment that he's in he knows the torture that he's in but he's caring about he's caring about his brothers from the depths of hell and he's asking uh, the God of heaven to send them uh, to where he could be uh, uh, that his brothers could be saved the realization is all here in the scripture he says I have five brethren that they may testify to them lest they also uh, come to this place of torment it's a place of torment. It's a place of everlasting fire. It's a place um, that you don't want to go. A place where the worm dieth not and the fire is never quenched. And his request in verse 27 was to send him. Uh, send Lazarus uh, to where they'll go. Because if one rose from the dead, they'll believe him. And they'll get their hearts right with God. But may I say, the Bible's correct when they said they wouldn't hear him before. And even if one rose from the dead, they wouldn't go listen to him. May I say one rose from the dead for you. Uh, his name is Jesus Christ. And we know that he rose in the from the dead for us. But yet people still reject him. Each and every day. The sinners in hell care. The saints care. The spirit cares. The savior cares. The sovereign cares. In the midst of this cold, calloused, cynical society. There are some that care. But here's the question. Do you care? Do you care? What can I do, preacher? We don't need to quit praying. Because we know people that's dying and going to hell. Do you care? If a sinner goes to hell or not? We should all care. Listen, it's just not the pastor's responsibility to reach out for Jesus with an arm of salvation and trying to pull them into a place to where they could be saved. God could use your testimony today to lead someone else to Christ. You know, graveyards are full of people of different ages. I'm talking about you go through walking through a graveyard and you can see them, teenagers, 20s, 30s. 50s, 70s, 80s, 90s, over 100 years old. And yet some people live like there is no end to tomorrow. The cross carriers, Gene, 
in Trula Smith. Some of you that go to the camp meeting will know of the cross carriers. They hadn't been there the last couple of years because Gene has been really sick. But Gene's a great songwriter and his wife can sing and Gene can sing. Y'all probably remember him. He'd get up there with his wife a few years ago. and He'd play that piano and they'd sing and heaven would fall. Gene's been sick. Gene's been sick for uh, several months and they actually thought that Gene may would die because he was so sick. Trula was doing fine. She's doing well. And anyone that looked upon that situation would think that Gene's going to leave this world before Trula. Gene's going to pass away. But guess what? Gene got better. God touched Gene. Gene got better. Gene got out of the hospital. Trula's doing fine. I talked with Trula several times after I first met her. We would send messages back and forth. We were praying for each other's family and children. And she'd, she'd text me quite often and say, I'm praying for your family, preacher. Praying for your family. Please continue to pray for mine. And I would. I'd faithfully pray for her family. She faithfully prayed for mine. Jean got better. Trula was doing well. Friday evening, Trula laid down to take a nap and never woke up until she woke up at the feet of Jesus. You don't ever know. You don't ever know. As I look at the congregation this morning, I see Granny Edith, I see Sister Bradley here. Can I tell you age? I'll do it like this, 88 years young. Common sense would tell you that Lexi, that Hannah, that myself, and a lot of you will outlive them. Many a times I've thought that younger people would outlive certain people. And all of a sudden a tragedy hit and they don't. And in this situation up in Indiana, what happened? She sat, laid down on her couch or bed at home one evening, Friday evening for a nap, and never did wake back up until she woke up in the feet of Jesus. You never know. In the midst of this world, I'm asking you, do you care? Saint of God, do you care enough for your family to pray for them? Do you care enough for your friends? Do you care enough for those that are around you, that your co-workers, all of those that are lost and undone? Do you care enough to witness to them about Jesus, to tell them about the fires of hell, uh, to tell them that there is a heaven to gain and there is a Savior that loves them? Uh, do you care? The Bible says in 1 Peter 5, 7, Casting all your cares upon Him, for He careth for you. Let me ask you this. If you're not where you need to be with God today, you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, we can say that you're lost and undone today. We can say you're on your way to hell without Jesus. Let me ask you this question. Do you care? Do you care? Because I'm here to tell you. The greatest fear of your family is that you die lost and undone. 
And the families end up having to live with that the rest of their life, knowing that you died without Jesus in your heart. Don't put your family through that. Oh, yeah, we can roll your body up here in front of this podium uh, in a coffin today. And we can speak comfort to the family. But we could never say that you're home with Jesus. This is serious business this morning. Give your family comfort of knowing that where you're at, you're saved and you're going to heaven. Children of God, be praying for them in, in, that's lost, that they'll move, that they'll, that they'll listen to the call of God upon their heart, that they'll listen to that conviction that's knocking on their door, that they'll come to an altar of prayer and receive Christ. He's not always going to strive. He's not always going to pull. He's not always going to tug. Jesus loves you today. I want you to stand as they come get us a song of invitation. Do you care? Do you care? As people are moving all over the building, we're going to go to the Lord in prayer. If you would just close your eyes and bow your head for a moment. May I say that I love you today. And God's not mad at you. The Lord Jesus Christ does not hate you. He's not mad at you. He loves you. He wants to save you. He wants you to accept Christ in his heart. He wants you to get something done in your life. He loves you. He loves you. I want you to pray. We're going to pray. These are on this altar praying. Let's pray. No one looking around. We're going to pray unto the God of heaven when he touches you. If he's dealing with your heart, you should come. Let us pray. Father, God, in Jesus' name, Lord, we love you. I thank you for dying for us, Jesus. Lord, I pray in the lovely name of Jesus that you'll just wrap us in your love today. Convict that heart. Take away sins of the people, dear God, as they cry unto you asking for forgiveness help them to walk that straight and narrow way that leads to heaven God help them today Lord we'll thank you in Jesus name help us as Christians dear God to pray for those that need you and as we'll continue to be remembered of those things Lord we'll thank you in Jesus name we pray amen and amen if anyone needs to come you come Listen, this is serious this morning. Jesus care when my heart is pain. He cares for you. Too deeply for mirth and He loves you with an ever-ending, a never-ending love.
Turn 
Josh just said, preacher, put me on the list. I need to be baptized. <laughs> Amen. Praise the good God of heaven. Would you agree with me in one accord today to pray for Brother Josh? Pray. Look at, look at the people going to pray for you, Josh. I want you to love on him. He has battles like the rest of us do. But I know that the God of heaven is going to take care of him. But sometimes we got to care enough to help him. And uh, I'm looking forward to taking him under the water now. Amen. That'll be coming up soon. Real soon. Next week or two. We'll let you know maybe by next week. Okay. We love you. We thank you for being here. Thank you for being patient with me during the altar time. This is the most important part. Uh, anything that's done on these altars is it's a holy place to be it's a place where you can do business with God I thank you for being here I pray that you come back and be with us tonight those visiting with us today God bless you thank you I hope we've made you feel welcome I hope you enjoyed everything that was taken here from the word of God praise God for his mercy and his grace. We pray you'll be back tonight. Brother David, will you dismiss us in prayer?